Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It's me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. Sorry for taking last week off, but after all, it was the holiday. So let us remember the reason that we are Americans and the 4th of July and Independence Day and everything that it it, uh, involves, as well as definitely watching the movie Independence Day. Because just what a great film. What just a classic, truly, in all all facets. Dude, Will Smith in that movie too. Oh. Crushes it. Dude, even even um it's not no. What what is his Jeff oh my Goldblum? gosh. Thank you, Jeff. I remembered his last name, could not remember yeah. his first name. Uh Jeff Goldblum in that movie, a masterpiece. Um, just overall a really good movie. Just a fantastic film from start to finish. Definitely suggest watching that every Independence Day because, well, why not? Um however. However, we got a solid episode, a solid episode <laughs> for you folks today. Um, we got Barbasol Championship, not a whole lot of action there, but we had the Scottish Open, which was an invitational, which was really good um, because everybody was kind of there gearing up for the Open, which is going to be next week or this week, I guess, technically speaking, uh, which is going to be this week. Tiger's playing in it. Everybody's playing in it. It's a major. It's going to be great. Uh, we have some legal action being taken um, by the Department of Justice on the PGA. Got to talk about that. Talk about the Lives Portland stop. And then obviously we're going to go over the open power rankings. And then we got some for you, the two-man scramble. A little bit of interesting factoids for you. But first, and always, Rick, what do we have to celebrate this week? Well, we got got some stuff coming up. Um, First of all, I got to shout out NASA before we get into the days of the week, because NASA sure. is, is killing the game right now. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the James Webb telescope went up a few months ago. And uh, just today, actually, the day that we're recording, the day before you hear this, uh, they released the first image from this telescope, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. When you look at it, um, it's just a picture of space with just like a million galaxies, just like showing. I you could try to count them all in there and you're probably going to get into like the 150 range. Like it looks fake. It It does. It looks like a painting. And like, you know, it's not because space is is like that, but like it's wild. So if you, if you want to check it out, if you're a big space person, even if you're not check it out, because it'll make you feel really small. Um, It's James Webb underscore NASA on Instagram. They posted the picture today. Uh, And I said it to you, Brian. Oh, yeah. Did you did you read the whole caption on it? I did. Uh, the grain of sand. Yeah, the grain of sand at arm's length away. Yeah. That's petrifying. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, Gina, Gina and Vanessa told me that that means that it's it's not that big. That's what they took that as when I explained that to them. I even grabbed a grain of sand <laughs> from around where our pool is, and I held it up to the sky. <laughs> and Gina went, do you know what? I can't see it anymore. And I said, exactly. <laughs> this is, this is what I'm trying to tell you. That's what, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I had a They're like, oh, that's not, that's not that big. No. Yeah. What? 
No, like yeah, nothing. So, oh, just wild, wild picture of all these galaxies and stuff. So go check that out. Uh, also, we had the best NFL offseason news probably of all time. Maybe um, ever. With Zach Wilson. Uh, if you don't know anything about that, you should. Um, Definitely going to want to look into it. Is a dog. Is pretty you, got that dog. Comes down you got that dog in him. You got that dog <laughs> in him. Um, so go check that out if you're interested in that. I thought it was the funniest thing of all time when I saw it. So uh, but after you check out James Webb and the story about Zach Wilson, you have to go eat your jello because that's what today is. The 12th is eat your jello day. Okay. You just got to do it. Got to go eat some jello. Just, just eat it. Um, Maybe eat it out of a paper bag because it's paper bag day too. So maybe you can just eat your jello out of a paper bag, kill two birds, one stone. I don't it's know. A paper bag day, huh? Yeah, apparently. What a fascinating holiday. It seems kind of irrelevant to me, but who knows? Maybe people. A, a little, but I guess if we're trying to get away from plastic bags, there you are. Um, oh, we got some good, good stuff coming up. We got uh, the 13th. We got National Barbershop Music Appreciation Day. Absolutely. I've never been to a barbershop. I'm I'm thinking about scheduling my first Rick, appointment though. Rick, 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 buddy, his hair's going. I, I think they mean barbershop quartet, um, which would be for usually male vocalists. That. Well, I don't know. Maybe barbershops have like different music that they play. Are we sure it's barbershop quartets? <laughs> Almost positive. There's no way they're like barbershop just, music is its own job. It just says barbershop. I don't know. You can't see it. it I can't see you. it. I'm telling you. Um, no, I like. I'm just. I'm just saying. I feel like, you know, this is just me. I feel like it's up to interpretation. It, it could be, <laughs> but I'm leaning barbershop quartet. I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's beans and Frank's day, so go eat some beans and beans and hot dogs. What a uh, maybe dip some French fries in it because it's also National French Fry Day. So or you get yourself some and fries. Get yourself some chili dog fries. That'll take oh, care yeah. of the bean situation. Kill three birds, one stone. Chili dog. Boom easy uh july 14th halfway through july that's wild uh it's national mac and cheese day and it's national nude day maybe do both of those at the same time we're we're killing every bird with one stone you say nude or newt nude no like as in yeah yeah okay not wearing any clothes Um, it's also national tape measure day which i don't think is a coincidence you don't you don't want to celebrate nude and tape measure day at the same time, gentlemen. Don't do it. Don't slip down that depression of a rabbit hole. Uh, but maybe eat some mac and cheese if you do accidentally fall for that trick because it might make you feel better. It might make yeah, for sure. But it hits your stomach first and you go, oh no. <laughs> oh god. Uh, okay. So- <laughs> The rails, the rails are, are loosening. They're sure. falling off early, um, folks. Speaking of nude day, it's uh, the 15th is National Gummy Worm Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not coincidental. <laughs> I refuse. I'm not even lying to you. Like this, this is something that could be made up, I feel like. But at the same time, it's it can't be. I just sent you the picture. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, that's, I mean, you can't, we can't go anywhere else with that. It doesn't get, it doesn't get any better. I mean, you're, you're really telling me that national nude day and national tape measure day are on the same day and that's, then that's immediately followed up coincidence? with gummy worm day. That, that's not coincidental. That's <laughs> the, 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 per, uh, whoever it is, I, I'm guessing it's a committee. This seems like a lot of power to give one person, but 
the whoever decides national days of the week, that was on purpose. Nationaldaycalendar.com. That's where I get these from. And these people seem to have a lot of fun with their job. I got to assume it's some sort of committee. Like I said, that's just a lot of power to give to one person. To give to one person for sure. (laughs) It just, it feels wrong, (laughs) to be honest. Oh my God. Well, other than being nude with your your tape measure and your gummy worm. And your mac and cheese. Of course, your mac and cheese. You're using the tape measure to measure how much mac and cheese you're eating. I'm I'm certain of it. 100%. Um, Yeah, there's nothing else. I don't know why you would use it at all other than for that, you know. How that's relevant otherwise. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. It's <laughs> it's ingrained in my brain now. It's that's wait, 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 that's the 14th, so that's that's Thursday. Uh what day is that? It is the 14th, yes. Man, Thursday. What what a Thursday day. Is what a, a day. What a day uh, for the nation, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also wanted to issue an apology before before we get too far into this. Uh, I did just move uh, actually last weekend. So I'm in a new house right now, and our office currently has nothing on the walls or the floors. So it's very echoey at the moment, which means yeah. I'm recording from my bedroom right now. And it's not exactly set up for a podcast. Uh, so if my microphone comes unplugged, if my audio goes haywire throughout the episode, I apologize. I'm doing my best here. We're working on getting furniture and rugs and whatnot, uh, but life is expensive, unfortunately. Life is expensive. And, you know, he just got a new house, cut the kids some breaks. I'm sitting farther away from my microphone than I usually do to hopefully even out the sound quality. Um, but hopefully I can fix that in post. Hopefully. Guess we'll find um, out. I guess we will find out. Um, but uh, aside from all your national days of the week and all that jazz, there was golf that was played um, in Kentucky. Well, yes, uh, Nicholasville, Kentucky. Yeah, that's which the was, tournament everybody cared about. Yeah, I mean, the Barbasol Championship was just some high level, high level golf for sure. It was great. It was great. I uh, would like to shout out Hurley Long, German golfer who came in fourth with a 21 under. Uh, 21 under from a guy that nobody has heard of, and he's not ranked there's no like projected fedex cup standings it doesn't have an a next to his name so i don't think he's an amateur i don't know what's happening um but let's be honest here folks the barbasol championship was not great golf to watch even these people that pretty much nobody knows absolutely dominated this course the winning score was 25 under um i'm looking at the top 10 right now um i know none of these names like I know, um, Kevin Streelman. The first name that I oh, Kevin Streelman, yeah. That's about first, all I got. The first name besides him, though, that I that I've heard before is Taylor Pendrith. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, there's Adam Spenson in in sixth. I don't know that I've heard of him. Now remember, he's the Canadian that I'm convinced is actually Swedish and is lying to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't have a last name like Spenson. Yeah, this and... isn't exactly the the uh, flagship event for the PGA. No, this is, this really isn't it. And there is a reason for that as the open is going to be this week, but there was some actually really good golf to watch this last weekend. And that was from the Genesis Scottish open, which is actually on the DP world tour, formerly known as the European world tour. Uh, so 
the DP World Tour kind of had all the guys as far as they had pretty much uh, a lot of the names that everybody will know, including Tiger Woods. You got your Jordan Spieth, your Max Homas, your well, Tiger, Woods, Tiger your didn't play this last week. Oh, right. I'm sorry. He played a practice round at we'll a different golf course yeah. with Rory, which is kind of funny. Um, but had a bunch of names there. Uh, the winner being Xander Shoffley. This is his fourth win in the last like calendar year, the last 12 months. Yeah, I- what, a, what a bum, though. He only shot minus seven on the weekend. Trey Mullinax shot minus 25. That's true. But also we have to remember that golf, especially in Scotland, is just so different. It's so funny looking at the leaderboard because there's like a handful of Americans in the top like 15. Yeah. And everybody else is not American. (laughs) And everybody else is ranked on the DP World Tour because they mostly play over on the European side, which I, you know, especially for guys like Matt Fitzpatrick, who right now is ranked uh, second and then just moved to first after this uh, T6 finish at the Scottish Open. Uh Um, You know, make your money, man. If you're like win a tour, you don't have to, you don't have to win the PGA tour, you know? Yeah. Um, But yes, Xander Shoffley coming out on top. Now that's four wins in the last 12 months for Xander. Like we were talking about before is, is it time for Xander to start getting hot and, Winning directly before playing the Open? You've already got your legs under you there in Scotland, and that matters a lot more than I think some people will think because Scottish golf is so different. Not only is it linksy, but it's linksy and super hard because of all of the wind and the rain and the weather changes. All four days of golf that you're going to be playing at the Open are not going to be the same. True. And that's something you have to deal with, especially when you're playing over there in Scotland where there's no tree coverage. There's just, it's just grass as far as the eye can see. So all of the weather you're getting, you know, and especially the wind. I mean, I feel like as amateurs, we, we don't take wind into account as much as a professional would. And a professional is looking at golfing in Scotland right now for this major being the 150th open and thinking all about the wind and the rain and all the crap that can happen over there in Scotland. But with Xander getting a W in Scotland over, over the course of four days, right before still playing in Scotland, what do you think this does for his chances to like compete for the open and maybe win a major? I think it definitely gives him a better chance. I don't think it gives him the push that he needs to win a major though. Because the jump, like golfers say it all the time, the jump it takes to go from finishing in the top five all the time to getting the actual win is right. a big jump. Doing that to an actual major is an even bigger jump. And it's great that Xander's been doing this and playing as well as he's been playing the past calendar year. But we have to remember there's guys, especially like guys in the top of the leaderboard for this past week in the top 10 that are consistently playing over in Europe and are used to these kind of conditions. I, would if I was still a sports betting man, which I'm not because I'm I'm horrible at it. Um, but if I was, I would be putting money on Tommy Fleetwood and Maddie Fitzpatrick to be in the top five this week, right? Because they both came in the top six this week. They play on the on the DP World Tour all the time. We almost never see them on the PGA Tour, even though they're able to play on the PGA Tour because that's just where they prefer to play. They're used to this style of golf. They're used to the weather that's over there in Europe and whatnot. I think 
is great for Xander. And I think I definitely see like a top 10, top 15 out of him this week, but I don't think it's what he needs to win a major. I don't think it's going to, this is going to be his first major. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can agree with that in, in a sense, because it almost feels like you kind of not like blew your win early or as some would say, blow your load early. Um, but <laughs> it, it, it could be that kind of scenario because you really, you didn't really dominate by any means, especially yeah. on Sunday. You kind of started letting other other guys back in the mix, and and now you got to go play one of the hardest majors on the list of majors. I yeah. would argue to say, depending on weather, and that changes year in and year out. The Open is sometimes the hardest one. I would say this right. year it probably is yeah. just based on the courses that have been played. I mean, Augusta's hard only because of the history behind it. It's not it's not a generally hard course. If you play your shots right and you land your, the ball where it's supposed to go, it's not going to be tough. The open, the U S open has some high rough, generally not like a long course, generally not like a super difficult course otherwise. And then what, what's the other one I'm blanking on it right now. Oh, the, um, the PGA. Yeah. The PGA usually a pretty generic course, nothing like super crazy. Like the one, the one that Phil won two years ago, nothing crazy. Like just a, pretty regular course right and then we go to the open which arguably well not arguably it has more history than even augusta does yes like anyone who's even a little bit into golf history even a little bit into that that kind of like realm of golf knows that saint andrews or i don't know how they say it or it's like st andrews or something like that is how like it depends on your accent (laughs) yeah um but like that has significantly more history than even augusta yeah which to us is like the mecca but like whatever the mecca to the mecca would be is what saint andrews is and that's most of the reason why i don't think it's going to be the week for xander i think he's going to play great golf and i think he's probably going to get top 10 top 15 but that jump especially at a historic place like saint andrews is is tough to do yeah it's it's really hard you know as you were saying it's the pressure because the pressure at augusta is is crazy the pressure playing at St. Andrews and attempting to win in that kind of course and that kind of condition is so tough to even wrap your head around and begin to fathom. I think Shane Lowry uh, was said something along the lines when he ended up winning the Open uh, that it was more important to him to win it than winning a Masters because of the history at St. Andrews, also because that he's Irish and, you know, that's all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it, it, it means a lot more sometimes to a lot of golfers, especially guys that play on the European side and are Scottish or, or Irish or English or Welsh, either of those um, to win this one instead of the masters, because it is so much history at St. Andrews. Never will you see other than at this course on a PGA tour event, will there be an active roadway in the middle of the fairway that, that does not happen at other courses. There's not an active roadway that you are staring down to get a fairway hit. I mean, I know that they closed the road for the for the event, which makes a lot of sense. But could you imagine if they didn't? I, I mean, usually when you play at St. Andrews, you have to you have, I, it's not a high traffic road. But like if there's a car coming, you got to wait. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to kill somebody. You're going to hurt someone. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about the Open a little bit more in depth when we go through the uh, through the power rankings for that one. But it, it was – to me, it feels like maybe Xander 
kind of did this a bit early. Might have want to save some bullets in the tank for when you're playing at St. Andrews, but who knows? We'll see. I, I, I always kind of like to lean the way of somebody who played a lot, a lot of time on the Euro tour and who is English, Welsh, Scottish, or Irish to win yeah. um, the open, just because that's what they grew up playing. You know, like we, where we live in the Northeastern part of the United States, we grew up with trees and lots of them, lots of trees, lots of water, right? Yeah, 100%. What they grew up with was nothing but grass, hills, and sand. Yep. And that's where they thrive. I mean, you could look at a lot of Rory's wins over his time as a PGA Tour pro, and where does he usually do the best? At linksy courses, courses that don't have a lot of trees. Now, I'm not saying you can't play where there's trees and stuff. He's won on courses with trees. But when it comes to wide open spaces like that, that's where Rory seems to shine. That's where Shane Lowry seems to shine. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Fitzpatrick. These, that's where these guys start to shine is in those wide open spaces, avoiding some sand, maybe playing out of the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'll talk about the, the sand shot from the players when Rory won the players for the first time. He probably had some help from the fact that he literally grew up playing golf Always in sand, I'm assuming. That's all that yeah. there is out there. It's just grass and sand. Grass and you know? sand. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Right now, I kind of want to get into some legal issues that the PGA Tour seems to have found themselves in. Uh, for, those that, for those of you that don't know, the United States is a, uh, a non-monopoly country. So what that means is there won't be a time in a capitalistic open market society that there would be allowed to be a monopoly on things. Now, sports is a bit different. Um, I think they kind of have some different laws in that, in that aspect. However, for those of you that were thinking to yourselves, it seems a bit wrong that the PGA tour and, you know, um, Mr. Monahan and all the people on the board there are just telling their players that they can't go compete elsewhere. That seems like you shouldn't be able to do that. You'd be right. You would be right. Legally speaking, you can't, the, the Department of Justice has stepped in and has wasted no time in launching an investigation on antitrust laws um, towards the PGA Tour. Um, players from the PGA Tour have already received initial inquiries regarding the governing bylaws and the PGA Tour's actions over the last few months. Now, this did happen. Something similar did happen to the PGA Tour in 1994. And I don't know if it was because there was another tour that was trying to begin or what that was, but it says here there was something similar in 1994 and the PGA tour ended up winning that, um, that lawsuit. Uh, and uh, Jay Monahan said he, or actually no, just a PGA tour spokesman was asked by the wall street journal about it. And he said, quote, this was not unexpected. We went through this in 1994 and we are confident in a similar outcome. I don't know about that because uh, this is the first time you've really been tested about another tour coming in and taking your stars. Um, There are a number of different, um, I'm just reading an article here. Uh, There are a number of different avenues this investigation can potentially take. The department of justice may simply end the investigation similar with the PGA tours legal battle in 1994, or the exact opposite may occur and legal actions will be taken against the PGA tour for anti-competitive practices. Uh, So for those of you that were, you know, wondering much like I was kind of, are you allowed to do this? The answer is no. You're not. And I'm a little interested to see how confident the PGA tour is 
because I think legal action actually actually gets taken here. I don't think it's going to be like in 1994. I mean, that well, lawsuit never actually hit the courts. I, I have I have a little bit of information on the 1994 thing. I just looked it up for you. Love that. Um, so basically, what happened in 1994 was uh, the PGA commissioner. Um, had an issue after four year after a four year investigation, antitrust lawyers at the Federal Trade Commission in Washington had decided to seek government action to nullify two little known PGA rules that all professional golfers must accept as a condition of joining the PGA Tour. One of the rules forbids golfers to play in a non PGA event without the commissioner's permission. The other gives a similar veto power to other appearances on televised golf programs. Together, the provisions enable the PGA to dominate the business side of professional golf, constraining the opportunities of rival promoters. So literally the exact same situation as what we're in right now. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly what the tournament was, what televised golf event they were trying to do that this became an issue. However, this is literally what we're going through right now. There's another golf, a golf series that's trying to, I mean, they're not televised, but they're on YouTube TV. It's the same thing. They're on YouTube um, TV. They televise themselves on their website. They're on yeah, exactly. So you know. it is being televised. And if nothing happened because of this previous investigation, that means these two rules are still in place on the BGA tour. Yep. Which means it's going to go through the exact same thing, but I feel like this time it's going to end differently. And, and the reason I think it's going to end differently this time is because of the amount of pure money that is behind the live golf tour and the amount of guys that have gone over there full well, knowing the, the PGA tour is not going to allow them back. Right. Yeah. And they're going to be like, well, hold, hold the phone here. If we eradicate this league that I should have the right to go to whenever I want to being a free person on this planet. Right. I should be allowed to go do that. Yeah, You know, there's no contracts on the PGA Tour. You're not contractually obligated. That's why guys take weeks off. Yeah. You're not contractually obligated to show up. You know, it is a job. You are, you, are for a few, you are for a certain amount of events. Yes. But it's so little that you can basically spend like 90% of your years not golfing. And also the ramification is just you lose your PGA Tour card. It's not like you get you fired or you get fined. We, you could get it back. You just go on to the to the Corn Ferry Tour and hope you get a win, you know. But it's not like you're gonna go to jail or get fined or anything. You just you lose your PGA Tour card, you know. For the Live Golf Tour, arguably, if you're looking at it from a free market capitalistic standpoint and and mindset, that's more of a job than the PGA Tour. Those are contracts, yeah, which legally are signed and state in what capacity this employee, quote unquote, is supposed to do their job. I don't think the PGA Torch stands a chance. No, I don't think it stands a chance at all. And I think that everybody that moved and joined the Live Tour is about as giddy as you can possibly be knowing that this is coming up. They're so excited. You're telling me that Brooks and Chase aren't sitting in their room and – uh, Sergio Garcia and all these guys that left because they were upset with the PGA tour. They wanted better opportunities. If you're telling me that they're all not sitting in their houses in their rooms, whatever, just ear to ear smiling right now, yeah. you're lying. Cause that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. They're smiling. They're excited because what's probably going to happen is they're going to get ruled. The PGA tour is going to get ruled against. They're going to be told that they can't tell people they can't play. They're going to be forced to let these people come back. And then these guys are going to be able to play on the PGA Tour again. I'm going to tell you now, they probably won't. 
because of this whole situation, but the right. fact that they would win and beat the PGA tour and make it bet, make it possible for other golfers to be able to do both tours, I think is a win enough for half these guys. For sure. Because you can't tell me there's not some of these guys that are on the PGA tour who, yes, are like, no, I'm going to stay with the tour. They've what they are, what has helped me become who I am. They're the reason I'm a professional golfer, so on and so forth. However, they're, they're thinking to themselves, if it is at all possible for me to get a massive contract and do both, I'm doing both. Charles Schwartzel won $4 million from winning an event. You're telling me that you're telling me that Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Roy McElroy, Jordan Speed, all these big name Xander Shoffley, all these big name good golfers right now aren't thinking, dude, I could go over there and crush it right now. Oh yeah. And even if they don't sign contracts, even if they just play on the events, if they make some sort of like system where there's events that aren't the team based events and these guys can come over and play and just grow the grow the system of the Live Golf Tour, they're gonna allow them to do that. And these guys are going to take it because as much as they say they love the PGA tour, money talks. Everybody knows money talks. Money always and talks. Seeing someone like Charles Schwartzel win four million dollars for winning an event when you can win an event on the PGA tour and the most you're gonna make is like two point one million dollars, depending on the event which I think is the players is like the most right now. Right. Um, and you win like $2.1 million for that one. These guys are going to, these guys are going to go if they're allowed to. Uh, also, there are rumblings that individual players from the live golf tour, such as Dustin Johnson, Phil Nicholson, Bryson DeChambeau, et cetera, may file a lawsuit. Doesn't shock me at all. I'm not, not oh, shocked no. at all. I'm not surprised by any means. The PGA tour has got a lot of work ahead of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah anybody would have been able to guess it. This is going to be an absolute uphill battle for the PGA tour. And I don't see them winning it. And that's, I think that's going, it feels like every move the PGA tour has been making since this thing has kind of started to grow legs and has yeah. been real. It's just another nail that gets put on top of the coffin. Hasn't been hammered in yet. Not even the first nail has been hammered in yet, but there are nails being rested on top of the coffin. That is what the PGA tour has been for decades they're gonna have to change and what's gonna happen is the pga tour probably has some fantastic lawyers i can't imagine as a professional organization right. you don't have fantastic lawyers but guess what guess what saudis have money guess what lawyers <clears throat> like money, money. <laughs> they're gonna be able to get whoever they want to come oh, yeah. fight for them yep. they can get the best lawyers in the world that the pga tour won't be able to afford guess what you're not winning when you come from an endless pit of money, you can basically do what you want. And that's kind of what the Live Golf Tour is doing right now. They're like, you know, you've been what is golf for decades. We're looking to change that. And we're, we don't care if you try to take legal action because we're going to get better lawyers who are going to do it better than your lawyers. And we're going to keep winning. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And we're going to make you change the way that you do golf. And honestly, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is going to cause nothing except for the growth of the game. If the PGA Tour actually just bends down the hatches, buckles themselves in and prepares to change and yeah. prepares to do things like the Live Golf Tour is doing. It's I mean, I don't want it to come off sounding like I'm supporting the Live Golf Tour as far as where the money's coming from and all that stuff, because it's still not a great place. What I am supporting is the change that's going to be made. Exactly. Because it's inevitable that the change will be made. The PGA tour is going to be forced to change. 
so what it's been a hundred whatever years like you gotta change you gotta give people opportunities and you can't just decide that you're the only people that that they're allowed to play for like on a, on a different scale but as close as a comparison as i could get it's like how the nfl has like no trade clauses right like basically you're saying we own you and you can't be traded we have to go through a whole new contract negotiation in order to get rid of this no trade clause and then at the same time someone like like the eagles can be like we want to trade jalen hurts but guess what you're not going in our division because we don't want you to go in our division that's basically what the pga tour is doing right now except for it's getting blown up because they're resisting like if the Eagles were to receive multiple first round picks for Jalen Hurts, which they're not going to ever in, which would never happen, right? Never going to happen. But if the Dallas Cowboys were like, here's four first round picks for Jalen Hurts. It doesn't matter where he's going at that point. You're going to give them to him. And the PGA tour is doing the opposite of that, where they're being offered. Like what the lift golf tour is trying to offer is just more of golf. Yep. And the PGA tour is like, you know what? No. We don't want that. We want to be the only people. That's exactly what's happening right now. And that's the best comparison that I can come up with to a, another sport for people that are having trouble understanding what's going on right now. And I'm okay with the change that's going to happen because guys should be able to decide where they want to go, whether people agree with it or not, they should be able to decide, Hey, I don't want to play here all the time. I want to play here. Sometimes I don't want to play here at all. I want to go play on the golf tour. That's a decision people should be allowed to make because that's what america's built on we're built on being a free country why are we telling people they can't go do whatever they want now exactly and that's why you know with the pga tours headquarters being in the united states they do have to follow the united states business laws which means you cannot be a monopoly um you know for example if we're going to use the example of other sports here the nfl tried that nfl europe thing for a while didn't work out, but they gave it a go. Yeah. Uh, they they haven't, you know, barked back at the USFL or the AFL or those other leagues. They, in fact, were trying to help them in a way by being yeah. like, hey, we'll send scouts there. We'll try to give guys opportunities that we maybe didn't see during their combines or whatever exactly. to come play in the NFL. Example, P.J. Walker. Exactly. Is no longer going to be on the Panthers because of the signing of Baker Mayfield now, but for the past few years has been a backup quarterback on the Panthers. And he started out in the XFL and he was a great quarterback in the XFL. And the Panthers were like, <laughs> cool, come play on our team. We'll give you a chance. That's what the PGA tour needs to be doing right now is exactly is if you love it, let it go. You know what? Go ahead. Let them learn. If it's bad and it ends poorly for them, let them learn. Let them come back to you with some humility and try to get back on the tour. That's what you have to do at this point. You can't resist because that makes you look bad. If you're like, mm-hmm. if Dustin Johnson comes to you and says, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't like this. I want change. You have to be like, okay, cool. See you later. Let him do that. Two years, this blows up in his face. Now it's up to him, whether he wants to come back with his tail between his legs and say, Hey, can you guys please let me back? Now you have the opportunity to be the person that says, no, you left us. You can't come back now. That's a better look for you than just right out the gate saying, get out of here, never come back. Yeah, it, it kind of gives it it gives off like really just bad, like bullying vibes, like trying to yeah. bully a different league into just not existing. And it's not going to happen. I feel like if they did everything the opposite direction, like if they were like, we're not going to kick you out if you go over there, you're going to miss some events. 
but we're not going to completely kick you out. You know, uh-huh. uh, you can feel free to try and do both and see how this goes. I think this thing fizzles away. It ends. But now there's that added that. drama. No, I'm just saying because I don't think people would watch it. I don't think people would care enough. But now you got the added drama of being like, oh, my gosh, all these guys are leaving, knowing full well they can't come back. I got to see what's going on over there. Yeah. It's, to it's see kind what of the same spot, thing that you know? happened when we had the whole debacle with Bryson and Brooks. Right. Which I'll, I'll say at this point it probably was something staged by the PGA <clears throat> Tour just to get more eyes on the tour. For but, sure. Yeah. But, like, it's the same thing as that. You add drama. People like drama, okay? Everyone will tell you that they try to avoid drama. They People don't love like drama. drama. People love drama, okay? No one hates drama. They hate being involved in drama. If it's drama that has absolutely nothing to do with them, there's not a single person that's not going to be glued to it. Yep. It's just how it, it works. It's true. Uh, it's just people love to witness drama that they're not involved in. And that's exactly what's going on here. So that's why people are showing a lot of love to live golf tour. Yeah. Um, speaking of the live golf tour, we do have the leaderboard from their Portland stop. That was June 30th to July 2nd. Obviously that was the holiday weekend. Brandon grace getting it done. That is another W for T uh, for stinger golf club. However, currently not in the lead in the team standings, the four aces golf club in the lead by Six, oh, seven strokes in total leaderboard there. Uh, Stinger Golf Club in second and Fireballs Golf Club, all the Spaniards in third, um, tw- uh, 23 under, 16 under, and 12 under, respectively. Um, I'll tell you what, the first go round uh, for their, tele- their televised uh, rounds, not great. I got to watch a little bit of the second uh, go round in Portland. It got better. I saw they had a lot more fans there. Had a lot more fans on the United States side rather than London. And now they're going, what, into into Jersey? Where is it? Bedminster? Is it Jersey? Hold on. Let me look. Trump National and Bedminster. What? New Jersey. Wow. Uh, that's July 29th to the 31st. I will be in Maine golfing, funny enough. Um, but man, at, I'll tell you what, this thing's got going to get some legs and it's happening. And I think, I think they're going to see quite the turnout in Jersey. Cause now we're on our third stop. The London one was a bit thin on fans, but everybody started talking about it. Portland had more fans and now you're bringing it to the East coast. I think you're going to see quite the showing here at this New Jersey stop. I think I think this thing gets some legs. It's I think it does, and I, here's why. It's going to sound kind of like conceited as a sports fan, but the East Coast has the best sports fans. It's you true. Can't tell me otherwise. There's what no. Else to, what else are we supposed to do half the year? We can't go outside, <laughs> you know. So we watch like, sports exactly, and we love like especially on the East Coast, people love to golf because there's a lot of golf courses. There's there's Myrtle Beach, which has like a million golf courses. There's I mean, Pennsylvania has a lot of really nice golf courses, but you go south, you go to Florida, you go to like anywhere south, you go five miles in any direction, you're going to find another golf course. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's Jersey coming up. We have a Miami, like Miami's the last event. You can't tell me there's not going to be a lot of people at Miami. because If they do Miami right, they're going to make a killing. Oh, yeah, 100%. Let me see when Miami is. 
Miami is October 27th to the 30th. Yeah, man, if they if they're able to pull off Miami and do it right and like really get that momentum for that yeah. last stop of the year, they're going to make a killing. And then next season's going to be even better. Yeah. I, we'll be interested to see what happens for the uh, the New Jersey stop. That's happening not this weekend, but the next, I believe, if I'm doing my my math correctly. Uh, yes, I believe so. No, no, it's two weekends from now. I forgot. Oh, there's okay. three. There's three week breaks. Three, um, not two. So definitely some definitely some time in between here. But we move on to our last little bit here. We got the Open Championship. Power rankings fresh off the presses from Rob Bolton uh, uh, as of 55 minutes ago. I, top the press, baby. It's hot. Um, steaming. What was that? It's steaming. It's steaming. We're going to find out if it's a good casserole or a huge pile of shit, but it's steaming either way. We definitely – I'm not going to call it a huge pile of shit, but there are two guys that I do not think win it at all, but I think they'll be inter- – they'll be – Interesting to hear why I don't think so. Um, but here are the top five, Rick, in no specific order. Matt Fitzpatrick, Rory McElroy, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, of course, John Rom. I would I wouldn't be surprised if any of those people won. I wouldn't be surprised, but I do think there's two guys that I do not see winning this tournament. Um, okay. Five, I'm gonna go with X. That is correct. Daniel Shaffley is a five. Uh, Maddie Fitz was the one, right? The Maddie Fitz was one of them. I'm going to go four for Maddie Fitz. No. Oh, he's higher. He's is higher. Is it John Rahm at four? No. Is it Rory at four? No. It's Scotty at four. Scotty Scheffler is a four. Okay. I don't hate that. Uh, I kind of hate it. What do we have? X at three? No, you already put X at five. Oh, X is five. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So X is five. Scotty's three. We have who do we have left? We have Fitz, Fitzpatrick, McElroy, and who else? Rom. And Rom. Okay, I'm gonna go Rom at three. Nope. Damn it. Fitzpatrick? <sighs> yes. Okay. Uh Matt Fitzpatrick is in third. And then because he's my pick for the week, I'm gonna go Rory at one. Yes. Rory McElroy is at number one. John Rom at number two. Rory, I don't Rory think... is my pick for the week. I think Rory's gonna win this week. I would it would be so cool if Rory won. It would be so cool. I want it so badly. Um, I don't think Rom or Fitzpatrick win this tournament. I can't see uh, it. I can't see it. Fitzpatrick has a better chance than Rom, I think. I could easily see Scotty Scheffler as Andrew Shoffley winning this tournament as we stand right now with Scotty Scheffler being the hottest golfer in the world and Xander coming off the W in Scotland. My, my personal top five out of that would probably be John Rom, Matty Fitz, Xander, Scotty, Rory. Right. Mine would, also, mine would definitely be... I think I think might be the same. I think Scotty and Xander, just because of Xander's win in Scotland, could kind of be interchangeable. They could be flip flopped. Yeah, they could definitely be flip flopped. But there, I mean, there's there's literally, I just don't see Matt Fitzpatrick or John Rahm winning this tournament. I'm all all chips in on Rory. Like, yeah, Rory, I, I'm a hundred percent in on Rory this week. I got my Northern Ireland flag and I'm waving it. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um. All right, let's go through it. Number five, Xander Shoffley. There's no doubt who's playing at the highest level right now, but it's fair to wonder how much last week's second consecutive victory drained him. He's rested uh, after the Travelers win. It's true. He's coming off of two starts, two Ws. Yeah. He did take a break in there, but that's taxing. 
That is that is a taxing way to go about it. Oh yeah. Um, number four, Scotty Scheffler, for whatever reason. Uh, the tour's leader in greens and regulation might not miss one this week. Enjoyed a T8 in his Open Championship debut last year. Since the 2022 Masters title, he's added a P2 at the Charles Schwab and a T2 at the U.S. Open. Um, he's playing so good right let's now. Just, let's, just, let's just sneeze at the T2 at the U.S. Open. Yeah, right. Like, we'll, let's pretend just, that he, we'll pretend that he wasn't, what, two strokes away from having two majors already this year? Yep. We can pretend that. We can pretend like he wasn't going to win two <laughs> majors this that's year. Irrelevant. <laughs> Dude, I, we were already talking about the slam. That was already an, that was an option. This the slam was on the board. Oh, my goodness. Uh, number three, Matt Fitzpatrick. And just like that, he's appearing in his first major as a major champion. The elimination of the expectations could mean problems for the other 155 in the field. T6 in last week's Scottish Open. He is playing hot golf right now, and he, he has already won a major this year. Totally I just don't see it. Won. Totally forgot that he won the major. Oh, you forgot about that? Yeah, I got to bump him down to five now. I don't <laughs> just because just because he's not going to be the guy to win two majors this year. He's not the dude. You're not that guy. No. You're not that guy, pal. You're, You're not, not that guy. guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not him. <laughs> I got to bump. I got to bump him down to five for that reason. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Poor Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Playing such good golf right now, but he's not that guy. He's not winning two, not winning two majors this no. year. Uh, number two, John Rahm. His goal is to join fellow Spaniard Sevi Ballesteros, who prevailed at St. Andrews in 1984. A month after breaking through at the 2021 U.S. Open, Rahm placed T3 at Royal St. George. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think Rahm is playing good golf this year, man. Like, I just – I don't think he's he's got it this year. No, I don't think so. Which is crazy to talk about considering the pure domination that was John Rahm last year. Oh, yeah. But still, I mean, hey, golf is a long season. If he turns it on at the right time, he finds himself with a massive check in his pocket from the uh, FedEx. But, hey, who knows? Number one overall, and I think the fan favorite going into the Open, Rory McIlroy. The the only other fan favorite option for you folks that are listening, Shane Lowry. Those are your two choices. Okay? That's it. (laughs) Um, the only says, two people you can pick from this that's it says here the tour scoring leader is playing with the confidence that laid the foundation for his win at Royal Liverpool in 2014 and three top fives that followed one in Canada just a month ago Roy's playing hot golf right now and he's going back to where he's best and that if that doesn't get you so excited if you're like a Rory fan or even just like a partial Rory fan if that doesn't get you fired up I don't know. I don't know. You need to check your pulse because you clearly you're not living. Check your fire up levels. Because that shit, it gasses me up, man. I'm just so excited. So I got the uh, the top six on uh, odds for winning this week. Oh, here we go. This is this is via the Barstool Sportsbook because that's the only betting app I have on my phone. Um, Rory McIlroy is plus 1,000. So we got nobody in triple digits going wow. this week. Which and that's shocking. the favorite at plus a thousand. Uh, we got Xander Shoffley at plus fourteen hundred. Phew. Don't know if I'm taking that one. Don't know if I'm taking it at all. Uh, Maddie Fitz at plus sixteen hundred, along with John Rahm and Jordan Spieth also at sixteen hundred, and then Scotty Scheffler at eighteen hundred. Really? Shane Lowry at plus two thousand. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you doubt the big man out, and I will not let it happen. Um, if you want, if you want a somewhat of an underdog, I guess you can go Will Zalatoris at plus twenty five hundred. That doesn't sound like too bad of a bet. Willie Z? That doesn't sound too bad. Willie Z? 
doing it to him? I mean, what? Well, he's a major guy. Like, he's a he big major. Shows up dude. in majors. He does. Always where is he? Where up. is he on this list? He's tenth on this list. He's plus twenty five hundred. I might, I might go for it if I'm, a, if I'm a betting guy. Talk about this 9, 10, 11 in the power rankings. 11, Cam Smith, 10, Wills Alatoris, 9, Shane Lowry. Jeez. Talk about, you, talk about talk about 9 to 11. Woo! Let me ask you this. Are you taking this one? And if so, how much are you putting on it? Tiger Woods, plus 8,000. $10. Just because. Just because. What's the I'm worst that happens? On, I'm going to put my money on who's last. Who's last right now? Yeah, who's Mr. Irrelevant this year? Uh, Min Q Kim is plus a hundred thousand. Oh boy, poor Min Q. Uh, let's see anybody we might know towards the end here because it doesn't look like anybody. I wonder if anybody's gonna put any bets in on on Min Q Kim. Ernie Els <laughs> is plus fifty k. Throw that money down. Right <laughs> now. Ernie Els, you dog. Smack it on the table while you can. Oh man, Jack Johnson, a. a Previous two-time major winners plus thirty-five k. Big Zeech, the man, the cornstalk himself like, from Iowa. That might be like the from down under underdog. Oh yeah, pick of the week, dude. Iowa native, just made from corn. Come on, you, you can't tell There's me no you're trees down in him. Iowa. There's not a I've single tree. It's I've all been corn. There. No trees. It's all fields. <laughs> they knocked down the trees. You want to know why? Fields. Perfect conditions for St. Andrews. Dude, an Iowa, an Iowan was built to win the Open. And it might be ZJ. It could be ZJ. I'll put $100 on ZJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. If you, oh, Gina, he's not actually going to put $100 on. He's <laughs> not going to do it, I swear. I won't let him. I won't let him. I won't let him do it. <laughs> I don't make more than a dollar bet, so I would only put a dollar on it. Dude, I just, I'm, I'm out there putting down dollar bets because it's fun. Um, yeah. All right. Well, for the two-man scramble here, folks, we got something lined up for you. Brian played 36 holes this last Saturday of and golf. now talking in the third person. And now he's talking in the third person because, well, it was a day. It was a day. There was, uh, there was highs. There was lows. There were lower lows. There was medium lows. And there Low was sleep. Highs. There, was, there was minimal highs, to say the least. Um, but I have ready and waiting for you fine people to listen to this podcast. Five tips and tricks from Brian on how to survive 36 holes of golf in one day. Now, I'm sure that plenty of other people have made videos like this. Uh, I do not doubt it. But these are Brian's five tips and tricks. Okay. This is just the right for ones, me. Okay. So they're the, clearly the correct ones. And use them. So we're just going to start it here. Number one. For the love of everything holy, drink water. Now, I know coming from me, this makes no sense. Nobody understands why I would be saying drink some water. 36 holes is a lot, man. And you start early. Okay. Like I got, I was up and out of bed at 530 in the morning. Right. It's tough. I didn't start drinking beers until the back nine, I think. No, that's a stone cold lie. I started drinking beers at like the second hole on the first round. Okay. Um, but I was mixing, I was, I was mixing in waters because I knew better and even mixing in waters did not help how dehydrated my body felt 
by the time the second round ended up happening. Right. So just, and it wasn't like hot, hot. It was overcast all day. The sun wasn't beating down on us. I could only imagine how that would have been (laughs) just an absolute hellscape. So if you're playing 36 holes, I, I will never tell you to not drink. Right. But just mix in waters. And I mean, mix in more water. The usual rate would be one beer, one water, which is kind of what I was trying to go for. You might want to go one for two. Might not right? be a bad idea. It might not be the worst idea. And, you know, for those of you that don't normally drink, but you just like to drink on the golf course, but it's not necessary, I would say don't bother. You know, you don't you don't need it. You got to make maybe, it through 36 holes. Maybe if you holes. do, I mean, I've never done 36 holes, so I can't really speak to this, but I'm thinking maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to just not do it during the first 18 and drink all water, and then maybe the second 18 you can break out the beers. See, that's what I had intended to do, and that just right out the window, like immediately, <laughs> just got to the second tee box, and I was like, "Well, we have beer." And <laughs> I didn't buy thirty six of these for nothing. Guys, <laughs> beer hall, baby, let's get after it. That would be you know, horrible. They do, so bad. they do sell packs of Miller Lite in thirty six. So I don't think that's a coincidence. That would be so bad. That would be terrible. You get alcohol poisoning, probably. Unless you're John Daly. Unless you're John Daly. And that's just a normal nine holes for you. That's just a normal niner for the day, you know? Exactly. Uh, and then you go to Hooters after because, well, you, you basically own it at this point. Yeah, and, you know, that's good. But, yeah, st- uh, tip number one, stay hydrated. At least do your best because it's tough. It's a tough day. Uh, number two, and this is something that I should have done and I didn't do, stretch, specifically between rounds one and two. Specifically when you're old. Yeah. When I, I honestly like, let's make it realistic. We make jokes about that. I'm old, but I'm only 25. Right. And I am feeling it today. And this 36 holes was on Saturday. We're recording this on a Monday evening and my back is still bound like a knot. You also sit at a chair all day. I do. I do. That doesn't help. That does not help. But, uh, you know, I, I, I go to the gym. I, I try to exercise as much as I can. Yeah. Um, but my back is just absolutely shredded right now. And, you know, I, I just really think if I really focused on doing some stretches for my hip flexors and my back that I wouldn't be in this precarious situation that I find myself in, um, it, I think it would just behoove you to stretch specifically in between rounds one and two. Like, I do not stretch before golf. That's not something I do. Um, so like you make it through the first round just fine. Yeah. So you would make it, if you're somebody that doesn't stretch in the first place, you would make it through round one, just fine. I just suggest maybe doing some stretches, kind of getting the blood back into those muscle groups in between or just right before round two. Yeah. I think it would be a good idea. Sounds like a good idea. Exactly. Tip number three, do not. And I repeat, do not schedule anything. For the day after you will not be wanting to do a damn thing. Okay. You want to leave that day as a nothing day, right? Just to lay on the couch. You got to your back tighten up day. You got to do it. Cause you just, you do not want to go anywhere. Trust me. You, I think I slept until like 1130 and I still took a nap at two. Like <laughs> I was, ju- I was done. I, and it wasn't a hangover. I, I swear by it, it wasn't a hangover. My body just was trying to recover from what we just did. Now, did the alcohol consumption help? No, 
Let's be realistic. It's not help, but it was tough. And it was just a tough, tough Sunday for, for me. Oh yeah. I, I was hurting. I was hurting pretty bad. I was hurting pretty bad. Um, so just whatever you do, don't schedule anything for the next day. Definitely do not do 36 holes on a Sunday when you got to go to work on a Monday. Well, Absolutely not. Absolutely. No matter what you do, you can be a desk jockey. You could you could be working outside. You could be working with your hands. It doesn't matter. You're not going to want to do it. You're just not. Especially while you're working that. with your hands if you're, doing, if you're doing that. Now, if you work from home and you know that you can get away with half-assing a day of work, maybe. Maybe go for it. Then maybe you could. Work from your bed that day. I don't suggest it, but it's plausible. Um, all right, number four. Honestly, and the way I'm looking at it is, you know, I didn't necessarily care about the round one score. I was just kind of out there to golf. And, you know, I had a decent round. I shot 93, pretty good round for me. Anywhere in the 90s is always nice. Second round, I shot a 102, right? And, you know, I haven't shot over 100 in a little bit of time. Uh-huh. And it's not like it was jarring for me. Yeah. Um, I could just tell I was on pace for that by about hole six uh-huh. on the second round. Yeah. And that's why I like thought to myself, I was like, you already shot 93 today, dude. This is the, you're about to reach the midway point of a second 18. Your back is killing you. Your hips are flying wide open because they're about as loose as they can get. And your shoulders hurt. Stop caring. Taper the expectations. Just, Taper the expectations, shoot a good shot every now and then, and just have a good time while you're there. Because really, when you do 36 holes, it's really you're there to hang out with people. You're usually not doing 36 holes by your lonesome, if I'm going to be honest. That's usually not why you're doing it. Usually, it's a group thing. It's you and some buddies, you and family, so on and so Uh forth. Um, For the second round, that score does not matter. Don't even keep score. Don't even bother. You know, like, keep score if you want to. But that is not your your best golfing condition. By the yeah. time you get to the first tee box of round two, you're not in the best shape to be golfing yeah. right there. You know, you're not primed or anything like that. Now, there were some guys that were there that shot better in the second round. And you might be that kind of person who ends up shooting better a second 18 yeah. after you played a first 18. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying for somebody like me whose body just began shutting down, let it go. Let the score go, you know, and I usually I do care about my score usually. But, man, when it came to this 18, I was like, the hell with it. I, it's I mean, we're losing golf balls and we're figuring it out. Let's just have a day. Um, yeah, that was it's not like I'm saying to not care about your score. It's more like just that score is not going to be your actual golfing. So just yeah. don't bother really caring about it, to be honest with you. Just don't bother. Yeah. Tip number five, and I think arguably the most important tip, right? Have just a fantastic place to go after, right? Go to your local bar. Go to somewhere you all like to hang out. Maybe go to your buddy's house if he's willing to host a bunch of people. Go somewhere that you love, you know, because that really just puts the cherry on top of what has been an incredible day. Like we went to Bailey's, which is a local bar, in Levittown where we all love to go. And it was awesome. You know, it was just a a place where everybody liked to hang out. And it was, it was almost soothing slash relaxing to sit down, eat, have some beers with a lot of the people that were there at a place that you're familiar with at a bar that you like to go to. I don't know how I would have felt if somebody was like, let's go to this brand new place. I'd have been like, ah, 
kind of want to go to bed. That doesn't sound like a great idea to me. Yeah. Like, I think just going somewhere that you're more comfortable um, would be a good idea. And if you don't want to spend any money, but somebody's willing to host, go get yourself a 30 rack of beer from the beer store and go to a buddy's house. Yeah. Just somewhere that's comfortable after the fact. Or if you really want to go to bed. Also a great idea. But I, I thought I really enjoyed having somewhere to go after the fact. And I think that's a solid plan for those of you that would like to do 36 holes. Hopefully not on a Sunday. Don't hurt yourself like that. Don't do it. Just don't. Don't do that. Well, those are my five tips. Some great tips. To playing 36 holes in one day. Um, I will probably do it again in my lifetime. I hope to not do it anytime within the next six months. Just <laughs> nope, not going to. I will I still be recovering. Cannot do it. I think my back's going to be hurting for quite some time here. <laughs> All right, Rick, unless you have any other pressing golf news, that should do it. I don't think so. All righty, folks. As always, thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Just the fact that you guys like listening to us still blows our minds. Uh, so thank you so much for that. As always, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at from the tips underscore pod there. We post a bunch of stuff. We try to keep up with our stories. Um, we, we like the things that we post. We like supporting the stuff that we support. Um, but also we want to start tweeting, but we're not going to start doing that until we get some damn followers. So how about you on your phone, unless you're driving, don't do it. If you're driving, I repeat, pull over. If you're driving, if you pull over, go right ahead. Um, but if you're on your phone right now, if you're listening on your phone and you're not operating a motorized vehicle, go ahead, go to your Twitter app, open that bad boy up. Hit that search button and FTT underscore pod and then give it a follow. Rick and I want nothing more than to just become absolutely unhinged on Twitter. It can happen. It could happen. Happen like that. Rick has no fear. The man lives for anarchy. Generally unhinged as a human being. I have never seen him with hinges. Not once. (laughs) Man has not had a single hinge. (laughs) It's just let's let Rick fly free. Give him the freedom to just become an absolute menace. The world is not ready for me on Twitter. If we start to get some followers, that's what I'm saying. I want Rick to be a menace on Twitter. I want him to start getting blocked by like the PGA tour and some golfers. I think that would be hysterical. New goal. So, (laughs) So let's get this to happen. Folks go follow us on Twitter so that Rick can live out his dreams as a Twitter troll. Uh, But as always, thank you so much for listening and we out. Thanks, guys. See you later.